Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It is part two of our episode with founders of Syncology, Nate Cornell and Donna DeSapo. So Nate and Donna were super awesome and were kind and gracious enough to sit down with me and have a lengthy discussion about the world of sync and what it is that they do and how they do it. And to me, this is some of the most interesting stuff because I too am very interested in sync licensing for music. And if you are an independent musician, you should also be thinking about sync licensing for your music. So in this episode, uh, the first piece of music that I'm going to play for you is probably going to kind of catch you off guard. So let me explain why I'm about to play you a Christmas tune, okay? Christmas tunes are used all the time. And the cool thing is, is that companies, TV, film, advertisements, they're always looking for new and fresh Christmas tunes. And the reason for that is because everybody has pretty much exhausted all of the traditional Christmas tunes that we're used to, right? Like Rudolph and, you know, up to Oh Christmas Tree. So if you can take a fresh spin on one of those Christmas tunes or write a brand new Christmas tune that's catchy and fun or maybe really heartwarming or even just inspiring, something that really invokes emotion, there's a very good chance that you could get a Christmas tune synced to an advertising company, a TV show, or even a film. It just depends. Hallmark is prime for Christmas movies. I'm sure we have all watched a Hallmark movie at some point in our lives. Well, here's the cool thing. Donna is literally living proof that Christmas tunes can absolutely make you money. She has synced more Christmas tunes in Hallmark movies than anybody that I know. And she and Nate, in their company together... This is how they do it, right? They're about to tell you some really cool information. But first and foremost, I just want to give you a little example, just a little taste of a Christmas tune that they wrote and got a placement deal for. This tune is called Waking Up to Christmas, and it is sung by Anna Barnes and Nate Cornell. Christmas with you. All the gifts are under the tree, but they can wait for later while we warm the winter morning, kissing and yawning, waking up to Christmas with you. Absolutely. Well, and it's it's important to to take a step back and give the song that that space to breathe. Right. But that's also the beauty of working with somebody else is that, you know, they're not going to have the same brain about what it is that you just put down on your piece of paper. They're going to be able to look at it in a completely different light. And and I think that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why co-writing is so important in the songwriting world, because it like you said, Nate, it 
you know, that tunnel vision. Everybody's, you know, everybody gets tunnel vision at some point. It happens, you know, and it, not that we want it to, but we, we need to rely on other writers to kind of break that barrier for us and go, hey, what about this direction? Yeah, and be flexible, like like you're saying, be flexible to to let your ideas be changed too, because that's mm-hmm. that's difficult for. I know it was difficult for me for a long time, and and it's difficult for I think for a lot of writers is to see your vision get turned in a different direction than you expected, and to still say, oh, that that has merit too, and we can we can go that way, and not just want to keep pulling it back to you know. There's a time for that, of course, to fight for a vision and whatnot, yeah. but but. Uh, Oftentimes, I think people are a little too precious when it comes to songs, and they don't let go and let nature take its course, and <laughs> the the little child grow into adulthood. You know, <laughs> and that's kind Absolutely. of what happened with this, with the song uh, "Waking Up to Christmas." Is that it was going to be a solo song, and then we halfway through yeah, it, it pivoted into a duet, mm-hmm. and it just seemed to work well. That totally way. love the the duet. It just, and then you say, "Oh, this is my favorite." Um, of the the options mm-hmm. that we have and because of the two of their voices now you got to remember the artist came in and recorded by herself and Nate wasn't a part of that recording so now Nate is in his own independent silo and now bouncing off of of her uh melodic too yeah. and how would, she breathes life into that song I would love to I mean that's the <laughs> demystified version I would love to say that it was like Epically performed, you know, <laughs> you know, like in one of those, you know, like with the orchestra, you know, and all that. But no, that's the jammy moment. Jammy singing. I don't even remember. I, I, it was just one of those things where it's necessity, you know, yeah. like oh, let's let's just do this. You know, a lot of it was done. I do know a lot of it was done sitting at the computer, like record and go back to <laughs> typing, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's so funny, you know, with the with COVID and the shutdown, everybody had to learn to go remote and how to to work remotely and and collaborate remotely. And so now we have this this whole uh, ability to actually record songs in our PJs and be making money in our PJs. Mm -hmm. And I think it's I think it's kind of a beautiful thing because it's like you said, you know, you might be recording at four or five in the morning. Because maybe that's when, you know, brilliance has, you know, struck your mind. And that's when you're just like feverishly trying to get everything out. Um, So I think it's really interesting that, you know, with the way that the two of you work, you know, you just you throw your ideas back and forth. And and that's how that's how a song gets cranked out in 48 hours. That still is just blowing my mind. I can't can't with the both of you. I was going to say part of that. in terms of a production standpoint is I do as much as I can with macros and there's there's a lot of nerdy stuff that goes into uh allowing my computer to do work instead of me having to take the long way around everything and so that's something eventually um I have intentions of like sharing some of that I just haven't had the time to make like videos about it and stuff but there's there's a there's merit to knowing a lot of nerdy stuff when you're <laughs> when you're a producer because you can know shortcuts of how to do um, like I have a, a single key command that can do a whole bunch of things on my session to to accomplish one function 
of yeah. a workflow that might take 30, 40 seconds to do. And it just takes like three seconds because it's all like, the cursor's like moving around the screen all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> and then again, time, you know, you start adding the amount of time it takes to do all these keystroke functions. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of funny because Nate is like, he'll talk to me about certain things and sometimes they go like, ooh, <laughs> you know, and then now, because this is kind of a nice thing too, as you work so closely together, you almost become a one brain moment too. But the, the two of us are now getting each other's skill sets through just working with one another. Um, you know, I'm really have tuned my ear and production because of listening to the work that he does. And then for me, I can't play instruments, but I will sing what I hear. Maybe it's a trumpet and I hear this particular. So I will use my voice a lot to write. And, and I had to, and this, and this might work for some writers, artists out there who are artists have one particular instrument. Uh, you know, I play the guitar and I have my, I love these particular chord progressions and on my go-to chords, but then it can sound awfully boring and you don't get out of your comfort zone. So, and I had abandoned in writing the guitar and I used my voice because that is the most expansive instrument. So what I can hear, I can sing. And then the, now he's going to be teaching me how to uh, do production. So we've been, we've been able to grow and uh, through each other's strengths and start to assimilate that and within each other. And by necessity, I, and look, female producers, that's a big thing too now. So yeah. I do yeah. want to encourage women to start thinking production because yes. you, you can start at least at the very least what I can do, because I, I was saying to Nate, you know, it's, it's go, it's, it's go time because the more you start expanding your relationships, uh, the more you're going to have to have the demands of working even more feverishly on deadline, because that is the nature of this business. And so if I can at least start establishing a bed and at least some of the instrumentation, I can get that over to him. He has far more expansive intelligence on other instruments to insert, what else to do, but at least I've got some of the foundational starts to actually expedite what we need to get done. So, and, yeah. And my, I've, I've said this for a few years now to a, a lot of clients that I've worked with, and it's certainly not everyone's thing because production, isn't as glamorous as it might seem from the outside. There's a lot of looping back the exact same three second clip or, you know, just a lot of technical stuff. Like I mentioned, nerdy stuff, but, but there's, I, I encourage every artist and actually every songwriter, any, anybody who's making music to at least, at least learn the fundamentals of music production, because being able to get your idea out into some structure, um, it, it it's freeing uh, to a whole, you know, like it opens up a whole world of, of possibilities to you. It teaches you a lot because you're you learn where your errors are. Maybe you wrote a song and you're you're not really uh, your structure is just weird and you can't figure out why. When you put it on a screen and you and you structure it out, you'll see what's wrong with your song and. Another thing is just that it could uh, 
it could open up, if you, especially if you get really good at it, possibilities. I talk about being in rooms that you should never be in as a writer, as a producer, you know, like you get, you're the trap guy or whatever. And that can get you into rooms with like huge successful writers that just, they want a track and they can't do it themselves. So they, they have that person. And, and so it opens up a lot of opportunity. Now, if you can match that with really great writing or really great singing, um, the sky's the limit in terms of what you are capable of doing. So it's definitely, when you're, when you're talking about like skills to add to your, to make yourself more appealing to a publishing company, a record label, or just as, as personal growth, it, it does all of that. Yeah. Your value add just goes up mm-hmm. and as it's extremely competitive and, and, and I won't say any different, it's, it's great work, you know, uh, but you know, there's some things. And, and again, I have to start talking about one other thing. We always think, oh, these beautiful, perfect voices. Well, no, that's not in sync. I hear some really gruff, uh, voices, not pretty voices. Well, life's not always pretty anyway. So right. if you're going to be authentic to a scene, you'll be so surprised of the music that's synced in because some of it's quirky. You might have a murder scene and it's this funny, happy, quirky song because it creates this element of eeriness. Uh, so my other suggestion, because I, I want to make sure I capture uh, my line of thinking, is be a studier of what's happening in a scene. Go to see movies. I will give you a very inexpensive tip tool, which is my Regal Pass. I have a Regal Pass, and I pay $20 a month, and I'm going to see every single movie I possibly can that's in rotation on that cycle. So it can vary from a lot of horror films out there, I'll say. There's a lot of that going on, but you'll have other ones that I've been looking at and I'm just listening and I'm finding some patterns. So even though you're watching, you won't watch a movie the same way because now I'm studying as opposed to just merely passively watching. So start getting into the habit of, you'll start to get assimilate some of these sounds that you'll routinely hear and the backdrop of if it's a space type of scene if it's a a scene that's more even in the christmas space you're hearing the same similar kind of instrumentation if it's a production type of thing so the more that you do in terms of paying attention to what's happening in the world around you because you have to be culturally relevant and an understanding and pacing so now you start to it just becomes more a part of ingrained in you and that is unknowing. And then you can get to work and serve the purpose of your client's needs. So those are a few other things. 20 bucks, I think we all can handle roughly 20 bucks to see an unlimited amount of movies. I feel like I'm doing a pitch for Regal. <laughs> but and it's truly sure I appreciate that in their podcast. But I love that little benefit. So that's something you can do to just again. Uh, production, songwriting, all the elements, what am I doing in sync? And you'll have to have a grasp on all of it. And then, you know, uh, pal up with people who get sync, who understand sync. If that's where you want to live and breathe and be, 
then you will need to live it and breathe it and yeah. have understanding of it. Yeah. So something else that I think in terms of pairing up with people, um, I encourage a lot of people, uh, and, and it's a delicate situation because I, I don't, I try not to encourage people not to work with somebody or whatever because that's not really my place, but um, I encourage people if they're, if they're strategically thinking about who they're working with, find people with, with skill sets that complement yours rather than repeat yours. Um, if you're a songwriter, writing with another songwriter just for the sake of writing doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it's it can be good to connect with a you know a friend or whatnot. Um, or if you have two different, you know, maybe you're working a song through two different libraries that you both have access to, or something like that. But um, it makes a lot more sense for a songwriter to work with an artist or a producer. It makes a lot more sense for a producer to work with an artist or a songwriter if they if they don't have that skill set. Um, so it I see sometimes, especially with people who are new to town or people who have um, not been climbing the ladder. It's because they're working with people in their same, it's like it, they're working with themselves, just a mirror, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that's, there's a time definitely for that. Um, I'm not saying that people should cut everyone that they know like that, you know, loose, but I do think that strategically filling those holes where, you know, you, you obviously will have things that you're not excellent at like when we talked about female uh artists and stuff like that i can't sing a female vocal you know so like right. for me, working with a female artist makes a lot of sense you know absolutely um so in speaking of one of the female artists that you that you worked with talk to me about the song cameo yeah uh, I want to talk uh, about that. She, that's her song, really. Yeah, uh, and I wrote that song with Tim McGeary, and uh, we've been working with Brittany, and she's a fabulous artist, um, you, and people may have seen her. She was on, a, on, on one of the American Idols uh, back, you know, a number of years ago, but she has her own channel. On she's YouTube. on YouTube. She's got a huge following. She's incredibly talented. She's got an a really amazing voice. So we've worked with her in the past, and we've actually uh, waiting on me to get the production over to her. But we've actually got a song. another song in the queue, yeah, and and it was, this particular song that's in the queue for her is in the brand space, and mm -hmm. it's very bright. It's called "Bring on the Sunshine," and you know that one I have with Bonnie Warren, and you know there's certain writers that I totally love writing with. They understand the business. Mm -hmm. They're hard workers. They're also going to work a song. They have access to libraries as well. Uh, you know, Tim McGeary is also pursuing the production. And, and this is a beautiful thing too. I can hear what he has started off and a year later, you will always be better a year later from where you started. So it may be difficult or a little uncomfortable in the beginning, but trust me, you start a year ago, next, you're going to be better than you are. So yeah. we brought in... Um, Brittany to sing yeah. cameo and and I will assure you some of the stuff that I do right uh and melodically you need to have a voice yeah. because she, and she does like she we we really do look for people who who can sing, who can sing. um yeah. I, I think having a middle of the pack voice you really need to be like you need to be your own advocate if that's you and and look there are, there are a lot of people who aren't 
you know, Christina Aguilera. They don't have that huge voice. Um, and that's, it's not to say there isn't a spot for them, but the standard is so high these days. If, you, if that's you and you're in the middle of the pack, work on getting better. And in the meanwhile, be your own advocate, getting your own opportunities out there as much as possible. Um, what we, we really look for singers who are like the best, you know, like, cause it, it, it's so competitive anyway. And so people like Brittany and people like Anna on, on Waking Up to Christmas have just these really magical voices that um, you don't, all you need to do is listen and I could just shut up and you could listen to the voice <laughs> and you know you that know. it's special, you know, I don't need to even build it up, you know, and, and even like Chris Moynihan, like he's got a very warm, just, mm -hmm. and he's, he, he's a great guitar player, easy to work with. We have a number of songs with him too. And he just exudes this, almost like this warm hug type yeah. voice. Uh, and these kinds of scenes yeah. that you need this type of voice and with more of the yeah. guitar. It's not always about high notes and power. It, it can be a tone or texture thing too. Right. Um, yeah. the, the less limited your voice is, like if you can do tone and texture and you have the power in the high notes and all that, then yeah, that's obviously better, you know. Um, but yeah. that's that's definitely something uh, like tone and texture is probably the most important because if it feels authentic, then you don't you don't need to be all fancy with it. You can you can just sing and it comes across. It really hits you authentically. And be great at what you do and know who you are as an artist. I I see it, and sometimes that I see artists floundering because they want to mimic what's on radio, they want to mimic a certain particular, well, that person already exists. Yes, we are a sum total of what our loves are as we grow up and assimilate our own voicing, but you have to do you. Do you and do it exceptional. And you will find your home, you will find your place and you will succeed. It's the floundering that is, is a killer to artists. Uh, they really have to, and there's some that I meet and they just know exactly who they are. They are great at what they do. You know, Brittany, Chris Moynihan, Anna. I mean, what's beautiful too with Nate, and I'm gonna actually talk about Nate for a second. Nate knows how to bring out the best in an artist. And even in the recording session, it's very magical because it is difficult. You're in a booth. You're trying to make sure you meet a vision. It's to be in that, the, the singer part of it. You can get a little bit of the nerves, can get a little bit to you. Am I executing? And then you have to shut off that and just do. So what Nate will do is to give different textures, different flavors of a particular pass. He'll say, pretend you're a prison, you're talking to a prison guard and sing it this way. Or pretend you're talking to a little child the difference, because now they're unlocked, it's unlocking this uh, esoteric, uh, you know, kind of thought processes of singing. And now, oh, it's a character. Because everything you're doing is within a character, the character of the song. So it's really brilliant to see Nate do that. And then the artist sometimes doesn't realize that they can do and interval skip, because I love interval skips. That's some things I have a tendency to do when I write. 
because they're catchy, they stick in your ear. And I don't know if I can get that very pianissimo interval skip and get that. And it happens and they're almost shocked. It's kind of a fun thing to even watch that they've stretched themselves. And sometimes in a room and you get a great producer, they may stretch you a little bit. Yeah. Let them stretch you and let them, because you may not know your full extent of your voice, your instrument, because you have never been able to unlock that, whether it's the songs that you're writing yourself or the songs that you're getting uh, as something that's a gig that you're making money on to survive and thrive as an artist. You know, you have a producer like Nate and you're going to find yourself like, oh my God, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Hey, how cool is that? And then that artist wants to write, uh, work with that producer. Yeah. You should always be able to outdo yourself in a recording thin live. Um, I know that there's there's a, I mean, I would get a lot of pushback on that from a lot of people who feel that they do best live. Um, but just on an academic level, you should be able to do better when you're when you have a million tries to do something. You know, like mm -hmm. one of those takes should be better than than what you can do live. Just just based on the fact that you don't have just one chance to do it, you know. And the more you do something, the better it gets. You know, practice makes perfect, as they say. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the um, so that's my philosophy. When I even if I've got an amazing vocalist, I don't just have them sing once and it's done. It's multiple takes. Um, oftentimes I'll push them because I know they're doing what they would do live. And live, you don't want to go for that risky note that could make your voice crack or whatnot, you know. But in the studio, why not? I don't care. You know, I, I hear all I hear all the ugly stuff. And so I I'm used to that. It's like it doesn't even phase me. I'm not laughing at people or anything like that. It's just it's part of the process. We got to get through that so that you can feel it in your voice and know how to execute it. And maybe then you'll do it live. Maybe once you've done it, you know. Not not a hundred times. I wouldn't do that, but like once you've <laughs> yeah. done it enough in the studio, um, you uh, you feel comfortable with that, and you've learned, you found that in your voice or whatnot. But that's something that it's a philosophy, and so hopefully when people hear songs, uh, not not that I'm trying to make some somebody something they aren't on the record. I always try and stay authentic to who they are. But I do believe, uh, and this goes out to any producers or engineers out there, like. That's what your expectation should be. It shouldn't just be getting getting a pass and something that doesn't sound like they're reading it. You know, it should be like getting the best, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. At least that's my standard. But yeah, because the <laughs> I was, I, I, it's the BS meter is so high too among people. They can tell if it's not authentic. They can tell if you're really feeling it. They feel it too. Mm -hmm. If you're not feeling it, you, then the audience is not going to feel it. So you have to, you know, dig into like, even as a writer, and I say this a lot, uh, write from here. Sing from your gut, write from your gut, go with your gut. Your gut will be a great guidepost because we can get too much into our heads and then it sucks the life out of uh, something. And even if you sing something and it sounds not like polishedly perfect, but it's got such emotion. You need to keep that because that is what I feel. If it's too polished and too sanitized, 
It just doesn't have a feeling. A lot of times you'll hear something, I don't feel anything. When a singer sings and you feel it, it's almost like the hair goes on the back. It's like, ooh, it's like one of those amazing things. And it's just, you just have to, again, stay authentically you because if you're not, trust me, everybody will know it's not authentic. They'll, they'll just feel it. It's not. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of the best words of wisdom that any artist could could hear right now. So uh, I can't thank you both enough for imparting your wisdom and talking about psychology with me today. And um, so thank you, Donna and Nate, for for just giving us this content to to help other musicians grow. This is just it's huge. So um if there's if there's anything else that you would like to you know talk about any other words of wisdom you'd like to give us before we wrap up, I would be all ears. Well, I I want to say thank you uh, for having us, and I know Donna. Yes, thank as you. Well. You know how much but, I love you. Yeah. As a look at where you uh, evolved to too yeah. as a writer that I've met you know a few years ago in town. So yeah. And I would say um, here's a little plug for your for your show because I really do believe that these are valuable things for people mm -hmm. too. like getting getting the education side of things watching your podcasts and and yeah. other other uh as well that are i mean there's some great resources out there on on youtube and out there for people to educate themselves to learn about the business or to learn about the you know creative side of things or whatnot um and you get ideas that maybe you didn't have and that's a great place, you know, to be is, is constantly inspired, constantly yeah. um, feeling like you have something new to try. I think it's easy to feel like you've exhausted all possibilities. And, and so to constantly like be filling yourself up with, oh, here's somebody else's perspective. This is a, you know, a new way to write a song or a new way to produce or, or new networking strategy or whatnot. Um, those are, those are great things. This, like this, um, is a is a great opportunity for people who are watching, and and you know, they 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 might decide to do what you're doing too, and be like, mm -hmm. hey, it's a great. I should start interviewing people and meet a lot of people that way. I'm sure you you meet a lot of people and have some very interesting, um, you know, uh, interactions with people along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's funny, uh, you know, quite a few of my friends have started up their own podcasts in the last year. And I mean, and we're now into season three of Paradox Jukebox. And, and I'm so blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm I feel very blessed. We've had some phenomenal guests come on that have really imparted some trade secrets that it, you know, at the time, it didn't seem like a whole lot of people were talking about. But as we keep progressing, a lot of those trade secrets are popping up now. It's like, oh, people are finally getting hip to certain things, right? Um, and, and I've had a lot of great feedback about, you know, some of the, the newer artists that are listening and they're, they're really excited about the content that we've put out. So, and this is, this is a part of it is just, you know, talking to people that we know, you know, I mean, Donna, you and I, we co-wrote a couple of songs together just a few years ago and, and now we're talking about your business and, you know, you've, you've come on and you've given us so many amazing, uh, just, you know, bits of information that I feel have helped me 
not just as a songwriter, but also as a business person and thinking there's so much more potential for my music that I have with my band than what I ever thought possible this day and time. Mm -hmm. And and so now, you know, I'm I'm in that space where I'm learning more about production because I want to be a producer. And I, you know, I've already produced some of my own music, you know, co-produced it with some other people. But I'm in this space where I I just want to keep pushing forward and learning more about it because I'm capable. And, you know, and for Nate, with all of the production work that you have done, I mean, it's it's inspiring to hear you talk about it because I know for just me personally, um, as you were speaking, I kept thinking, yep, I want to do that too. Yep, this is fantastic. You know, so it's, it's just today was a super inspiring conversation. So I just I appreciate all of your knowledge and I'm very proud of, of what you've been able to do with Syncology so far. And I'm very excited to, to hear about your successes in the, you know, in 2023. So please, you know, send me updates, let me know. And, um, you know, I'm happy to always put content across our platforms at music on the move studios to, to help bolster you guys and support you and what you're doing. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your, you know, doing this, you're paying it forward to everybody as well. It's a part of a sharing community and just, we all, you know, need to help one another as we all grow. Cause it, this is the most incredible journey that we're on. It is. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you so very much. Uh, Nate and Donna from Syncology. Uh, We'll make sure that all of your links are in the show notes. And uh, just once again, thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great one. Hasn't always been this way I've had better, had my better days Every bone inside me hurts Can't get no worse Being mortal is a curse I gotta breathe through the broken I gotta breathe
Nate, Donna, thank you so very much. I absolutely love that last song, Breathe Through the Broken by Nate Cornell, everybody. So please make sure that you check out their links. They will be in the show notes. Um, Just once again, make sure that you took notes for this. And if you need to go back and listen, awesome. Share this episode with your musician friends or anybody that you think needs to hear about this. If, If you have a friend who's like really gifted in writing jingles or just, you know, writing custom songs for people, I mean... It all applies here, friends. All of it. So please make sure that you like and subscribe to our podcast. Check out our Patreon. Even check out our merch store. We got some cool stuff. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you next week, guys.